Welcome to Strength in the Numbers. My name is Andrew Codd, accountant, author, and commercial finance entrepreneur. And it's my job each week to bring you leaders in finance and business and deconstruct with them their real stories, insights, and hard-won lessons into practical advice on the key strengths and qualities you need to remain relevant in accounting and finance today, as well as the steps you can begin to take to elevate the impact you make to have a fun, successful, and rewarding career in accounting and finance. Now let's go over to the show. Reporting is great. Giving the business, you know, reports and tools to be able to track their performance is fantastic. But to just merely attach it to an email and send it when you could actually go over to the person, talk, build a relationship, discuss the results, discuss the reports and what they're telling us is far more value add. And I felt that there was a gap and that gap needed to be filled. This is just one of the many great bits of advice from guest mentor Renu Sharma on today's episode, where we also go on to deconstruct the value of human connection in building your career and business partnering, three skills for fresh graduates who'd like to go on the journey to becoming better business partners, the importance that we also give back, and how volunteering has helped Renu in her professional career. Look, if you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to check out the timestamp show notes, key quotes, resources, and ways to connect with Ranu at sitnshow.com. And we always appreciate when you recommend the show to friends and colleagues you feel by benefit. We're on all the major platforms for them to subscribe at on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. And we really appreciate you investing your time with us. So without further ado, over to Ranu and the show. So, Ranu, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, hey, Ranu, no, it's our pleasure. And look, as always, we tend to ask our guest mentors maybe to go into a bit about their career journey in accounting and finance. Would you mind maybe sharing yours with our audience quickly? Sure. Yeah, no problem. So how did my journey start? God, it was like a lifetime ago. (laughs) It was essentially, I was sibling uh, one of three and I had a very uh, passionate father who was very, very big on academics and kind of, you know, realising your potential and being something pretty big in your career. So my sister, she decided to study pharmacy. My younger brother decided to become a doctor now works in Australia and for me it was well what am I good at I'm not a science person um try have me carrying an operation out on somebody I'll fail horribly um but for me it was more about science uh, more the math side so I was always very strong with numbers and I was always very good with kind of mental maths and so on and I think it just became very natural from there so I naturally fell into a business management degree which had the accounting element and after I graduated I started a role in finance and you know had various discussions with peers and decided to embark upon a journey on studying my professional accounting uh, qualification which is the FEMA qualification um, which is the Chartered Institution of Management Accountants and it's all kicked off from there so that formed kind of the foundation if you will to kind of the numerical accounting path but then I also realized that, do you know what, I'm not someone that can just sit in the back of an office, not speak to people, not meet people and just churn numbers all day. <laughs> my, my personality is too vibrant to be just be stuck behind kind of uh, back office work. So I kind of thought, well, what kind of job can I do that involves me being able to talk to people and 
being the social butterfly that I am and how can I combine that with my finance uh, qualifications. So I decided to go into business partnering and I haven't looked back. It's been the best decision I've ever made. I want to cover that a bit more, the best decision you ever made. Although first though, as we were talking about your journey, you jumped into business partnering Mm. at a very sort of early stage. I mean, business partner, I know it's been around a long time, but it's probably only come to prominence now. You were doing this years ago, uh, you know. Um, uh, so, yeah. so like, how did you identify that? I mean, like, and, and actually take hold of it and, and make a career out of it, uh, business partnering, that is. So I remember working for a company called Manpower, um, which everybody probably knows who they are. They are a recruitment agency giant um, originated from America and I was working at the UK head office. Um, I think I was about 23, so yeah, really young. And I had some very challenging stakeholders. My operations director at the time, great guy, but very demanding. And I had this thing about emails, you know, reporting is great, giving the business, you know, reports and tools to be able to track their performance is fantastic but to just merely attach it to an email and send it when you could actually go over to the person talk build a relationship discuss the results discuss the reports and what they're telling us is far more value add and I felt that there was a gap and that gap needed to be filled and I just know I can't just sit there and email all day so I made myself go and interact face to face you know I made myself kind of build that relationship it's all about relationship and that is what is what everybody now calls business partnering you are partnering with your business or the area that you look after and you are essentially building that relationship that trust and understanding that for the business you are a real support function to them you know they know commercially what's going on they're commercially savvy and aware but they need to know what is my return on my investment why is it down why is it up is it going to continue this way how has it been previously why has it been like that really getting into the to the understanding of the numbers and I think this big barrier that you know finance versus the business you know that kind of barrier that oh, you know, their finance, they, you know, they should know their numbers. Well, actually, no, that's not true. If you are working in retail and you're, you know, working with an area of the business that sells a product, they need to know how much that product costs them to make or to buy. They need to know how much they're selling it for. They need to know what their margins are. These are numbers and numbers that they are accountable for. But when it comes to the, the deep dive and looking at their, you know, bottom line profit, you know, looking at their expenses, looking at the investment side of things you know these are the elements they don't have much sort of knowledge over and that's where we come in and that can only be done if you build that relationship with them that's a great uh, picture you paint for our audience in terms of what the the role of a business partner is on the ground and i was just sort of thinking there ranu like you know you got in there very young relatively speaking and there's always a sort of a body of thought out there that you know, we need to go spend our times, learn the numbers, figure out what, what the, the data are, understand our industry, our business. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Do we need to be investing? So so for audience, let's say someone who, who's maybe just 
newly qualified or just graduated, wants to get into business partnering, is it something we can jump straight into? Or is there a way of accelerated learning to to get in there faster and be more effective faster? I mean, what are your thoughts? That's a very good question. And I think it depends on the individual. For example, I know myself very well as a person, very tuned into how I am as an individual, what you know, circumstances and situations I thrive best in, which ones not so much. I think if you if if you have an individual who has a very natural way of just I want to use the word being liked. And the reason why I say that, Andrew, is because I was I mean, relationships, there isn't I can't emphasize the value and importance of human connection. It's so important. James Corner said that no significant learning can occur without significant relationships. I've watched colleagues over the years just simply send things, email things, and say, right, that's my job done. No business or stakeholder will be interested in even opening that email if they don't really like the person they're working with or have a relationship with them. So I think going back to your question about is it something that you learn and get better at or if it's something that you just dive straight into, I think the answer to that is it depends on the individual. If the individual is already kind of a very people person has that knack to build relationships and makes that their focal point then I think they're going to find it relatively easy to dive straight in if you have an individual that perhaps isn't so sure and need to learn more about themselves before they learn about others then there is no saying that they can't be you know become a great business partner they can become the best business partner in the world but they might just have to take a few kind of pre-steps if you will to kind of understanding the kind of people they're working with the different characters some stakeholders can be easy some can be tougher than others and then you just kind of get that knack for how to deal with your audience actually yeah i was um i was thinking there when you were just saying that it just uh just some of the characters uh, i've come across in my my career just probably like you have as well ranu you know when it, when it comes to getting to know the characters what they're like and so on do you have any uh, methods that you use to, to make the process a bit easier? Maybe you could share with our audience, maybe some anecdotes or, or some steps. Absolutely. My theory is killing it with kindness. And I really genuinely believe in that because, honest to God, I can't tell you how many people I have come across that have made me sit there and think, why am I even speaking to you? <laughs> <laughs> and you just sort of sit there and you think, really and you get some really really demanding people make right no I want this no you said that that was going to be sent to me yesterday right that's it and you just think really really like look at the bigger picture look at what we're trying to achieve look at what we're trying to work towards can we not just collaborate can we not just have a you know come to a compromise and I think a lot of that comes from killing it with kindness and what do I mean by that you cannot fight every battle you can't pick at every, you know, opportunity or, you know, kind of def- be defensive of every scenario because you're not ever going to come across someone that's going to agree with everything you say all the time. So essentially, you need to take a step back and think, okay, I've got a difficult stakeholder here. You know, they want this, they want this, and they're not happy with this. How do we challenge that? So rather than trying to defend your position to the opposing person in that conversation and say, oh, but you said you wanted this, and, you know, it's about saying, okay, Let me try and understand you rather than trying to be understood. What is it that you need? What is it that I, you know, you are lacking? And how can we fill that gap? Stakeholders in the business partnering world are your customers. You have to treat them that way. That doesn't mean you, you know, 
lie down on the floor and take everything which comes every which way. But it simply means that you have to, you know, just be a bit more calm, be a bit more rational. And only, you know, and, and don't put up a defense, but just try to understand why they are saying the things they're saying and where they're coming from and try and find a way to collaboratively work with them, gain that trust and give them what it is that they need that you feel is going to be value add. And then it becomes a win-win situation because they are happy and you're happy because you're happy your job is done and it's done well and they're happy that they're getting the results that they need. And that's what it's about. It's a win-win. Yeah, I, I like you said, it's a win-win. I mean, we should definitely focus on that point because it's okay. if, I, if I'm summarizing well what you, you said there, Renu, the, in essence, you're looking to try and understand what it is that they think they have versus what it is they want. And, and that is a natural gap, a have-want gap. And what you're, we're, we're essentially doing is figuring out how do we help uh, close that one, whether they need to do something, whether we need to do something, whether someone else needs to do something. I mean, that's a great thing about being in finance is just we get that great visibility, access to decision makers, data and so on. So we've got a lot of uh, comparative advantages in, in doing that. I, I suppose then, you know, that that could be quite tough because it's not necessarily something you get from a textbook. So... How do you know, how do you know, like, or do you have any techniques even to, to sort of um, suggest, like, how do you know which ones to go after? You know, like you said about the battle, so you can't do, go, uh, do everything, you know, do you have like a prioritization method or a way of, you know, selecting or, or working with the, the business partner in terms of uh, how to select the most important ones? Absolutely. Prioritization is very, very important. And answering your question about technique and how to approach that, the biggest thing that I've ever learned is if something can't be delivered or something can't be done, what is the impact of that not being done? So if you have, you know, if you can attach a monetary value to an impact, so for example, if the stakeholder said, oh, you know, I need a report for my management committee meeting on Friday and the report needs to show the actual that we have to date and what the rest of your forecast is going to be. I need it by Wednesday. And then you've got another stakeholder who says, I've got a deal negotiation with a supplier um, on the same day and it's, 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 it's a multi-million pound deal and we need the analysis done for it. Otherwise, we use the deal. Well, both of those stakeholders are screaming at you saying we have the same deadline, the same, everything is urgent in the world of finance, Andrew. Let me tell you, everyone's had these exclamation mark emails. I can't tell you how many of those I've got in my inbox. But it's a question of saying, well, how, hang on, let's take a step back. Let's prioritize. I only have, you know, X amount of people in my team working for me. I need to be able to delegate. I need to be able to delegate effectively. Yes. I need to be able to understand what it is that is up for grabs and what it is that we're going to lose if we don't do certain things in a certain order. And we need to be able to quantify that opportunity or that loss. And in the example I just gave you, it's pretty clear that if I don't deliver a report that shows actuals, actuals is things that have already happened. Mm-hmm. It's just about giving an update to the yeah. management committee on a review of the past. Yeah. So... The monetary impact there is, is pretty much nil, yeah. other than the fact that the people at the management committee might not be so happy. But there you go. That's life. But then you've got the other side of the spectrum where you've got someone who has an important meeting with a supplier. They're going to negotiate a business deal. That business deal is worth millions. If we don't put the time and effort into the analysis to get the best deal, we could lose money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty obvious then which one has to take priority or take precedent over the other. 
Well, it's quite funny you say that. I mean, it's quite obvious to us and most people in business. <laughs> but, you know, you, some characters <laughs> we come up against, they'll still want to have their area done. And um, you touched on some really good methods there, right? So uh, definitely, I, I, I would summarize the opportunity cost method. You know, what does it cost? What's the cost of not doing something? You know, and if that doesn't work, you also mentioned the other avenue, which I think is a brilliant one, often overlooked, particularly for younger members in finance. We're not there to be able to do everything and know everything. That's why we have line mm. managers and mentors around us. Um, or if you're yeah. a team leader, that's why you've got the ability to delegate. You can always delegate upwards as well. So like, look, I'm struggling yeah. to decide which one is which, you know, which one should we as a team go do? That's what you say to your leader. Then you've got your leader support. And, you know, the, everyone in finance is very lucky that we can always delegate upwards as well, because even the CFO reports into someone, you know, so, mm-hmm. so, you know, we always can find that additional support to do the right thing by the business um, if we're struggling to figure that one out ourselves. But on the upside, we are given this really great skill set during our training and qualification to put a financial number or impact on something. So uh, we should be able, in most cases, to get as far as we can, but in others, might need a mentor. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Rano, actually, something I do want to call out is is some of the work you actually do away from being a business partner. I think it's with the, with the Girls Network. Uh, do you mind maybe sharing a bit more yeah. with the audience on that one? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that it's very, very important to give back. And giving back doesn't have to be, oh, you know, donations and what, you know, so forth in my, in my world, in my world, it's really important to give back in terms of time. There are a lot of issues and problems around young girls believing that they cannot achieve a certain level, uh, be it in their career or outside of their career, because of the fact that they're female. And the girls network, you know, I attended a training course with them uh, earlier this week and It was really fascinating when we were told how the charity came about. And essentially, in a nutshell, it was two teachers um, for a girls' school. And they took their girls out on a school trip one day. And it was in London by the Gherkin and that side of London. Yeah, very, very. That's what I was thinking. My school yeah. trips were normally the local zoo or the farm, but <laughs> yeah, they, they, they had the privilege. Right yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had the privilege of going to London. But hey ho. So yeah, one of the girls, she happened to see a, a young female cross the road, and she had a suit on, uh, you know, like a jacket, trousers, shirt, and the works. And the one of the girls turned around and said to the teachers, "Miss, why is she wearing a suit?" And the teacher was just like stunned. And I think. Wow. It was pretty fast. Yeah, even we all, our reaction, you know, myself and the rest of the guys in that training course. And she had a belief that women cannot work and wear suits and go to work like wow. men do. Yeah. Um, it was a problem. It was a massive problem. And I think that's what acted as the catalyst for these two teachers to then quit their teaching job. And then they founded the Girls Network. For me, I feel with all the kind of things I've kind of gone through as growing up, for me, it's limitless. I want to achieve more and more each day. And I want young girls to know, and youngsters in general, and I'll come mm. on to my second charity that I'm ambassador for in a moment, but young girls to understand there is no limit for career progression yes. if you're a girl. Yeah. The sky is the limit. You can do whatever you want. I work in financial services, and um, any previous industries I've worked in before have been a good mix of female and male. Mm-hmm. I'm now in a, a kind of stage of my career where I'm working for an industry where my stakeholders, when I'm at a round table session, they're all male. Yeah. 
and I'm a female. I'm the only female in my finance uh, team for the, the world that I look after. And I'm also the only female um, when I'm sitting in a, in a stakeholder meeting, going through forecasts, budgets, what have you, performance. I'm sitting on that round table and I have men around me. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not intimidating. I actually think it's challenging. Mm-hmm. And I like to be in a challenging situation. Yeah. And mm. it's really, really satisfying for me because going back to the ideas I kind of talked about earlier about relationship building, being liked, being appreciated, trusted, after he can turn out to get the train into the city, meet these people face to face rather than Skype, rather yes. than email, and really build those relationships. And actually we are moving in a direction of trust. We are moving in that direction of, okay, let's see what Renu has to say. Yeah, okay, we understand, you know, we get it. We would like this, okay. You know, there's that real kind of appreciation shining through. And um, it's a massive achievement for me because it's a male-dominant environment and I'm being heard. And the opportunities are are limitless. So that's the message I want to get through to the girls of the Girls Network. And I think that we need more of that. We need more females, we need more role models. We need that power filtering through because, you know, today's, use our, our leaders of tomorrow completely agree and one thing i think it makes it very refreshing we've actually had guest mentors in the show female guest mentors from financial services and i think what's refreshing again Reno, about your advice here to our audience is actually the mindset going through your journey it's actually having that mindset it's a challenge not like a, a hindrance or a blocker or yeah. anything it's just something you go to and you know i want to encourage listeners that you know, when, when you go and do those faces to face is to view it with that mindset, but also it's an advantage. There's so many people disconnected today. They will really appreciate the the face to face interaction. It's an opportunity to build trust. And uh, maybe, maybe trust is the, is the new currency nowadays. It's um, with all the fake news and stuff out there. Maybe that's the, that's the, that's the way forward. I, I, I mean, Ranud, again, I wanted to bring that up because you, you know, off air, you were very passionate about it, and I think it was important our audience heard that. And you were mentioning as well about another charity you're an ambassador for as well. Do you mind going through that one? Yeah, sure. So there's a charity called the Working Options Group, which I got involved with over two years ago now. And in a nutshell, they are they're not female orientated charity. They are a, a diverse kind of boys and girls um, kind of charity, if you will. And essentially, again, it's focusing on young youth and kind of their careers um, and education, you know, prospects and so forth. So they aim at kind of 16 to 19 year olds. So essentially what I do is I go to the schools and colleges across London. Mm-hmm. Um, and carry out kind of motivational talks and also lead and execute workshops for interview skills, CV skills and life skills. And Andrew, I really want to emphasize the life skills bit here because we focus so much on, you know, academics. And, yeah. and whilst I know that becoming educated and getting a diploma and all that kind of stuff is, is important, life skills are equally, if not more important. <laughs> yeah. Because... The amount of children I have come across in my young enterprise sessions or this working options motivation sessions, they don't realise the cost of living, how much it costs to, to buy a house and, you know, how to open a bank account, how to present yourself, how to interview yourself. And these are really key things that you need to be able to understand and be able to demonstrate in a day-to-day life. And the academic stuff, you know, is a bonus. And, and for me, it comes after. I think 
first and foremost, you've got to be able to present yourself, you know, get out of bed in the morning, have a purpose. You know, none of us like to get out of bed in the morning, you know, who does? <laughs> but you have to. You've got, you've got to find a way of just, you know, having that passion for life in general mm-hmm. and actually getting yourself out there in front of people, getting them to buy into you, believe in you. And I think that you are, you know, 70% there if you're able to demonstrate those skills. Um, and essentially, this charity enables me to do that. So, you know, I've been working with some young children on, you know, how to interview, how to present, how to communicate, how to, you know, come across in a way where people take you seriously and want to invest in you. You want to be an investable individual. And I think that that's, and that's the message. That's a great one, actually. I think an uh, investable individual, someone who knows their identity, what they're about, great skills, not just to, to, to bring out in others, but also to bring into our own careers too. And I can see the way you've been describing that, Renu, it really, it really not only helps serve the, the charities you're working with, the, the young boys and girls you're working with, but also, you know, enhances your skills and, and your sense of purpose too, which again would probably carry through into your, your, your work life also. I mean, is that is that fair to say? Is that maybe some of the, the benefits of getting involved as a mentor, is getting involved as an ambassador? I mean, I mean how, do, how do you find it works out for you? It works brilliantly. There is no valuable currency than the feeling of being able to give back and change a life. I speak to audiences as big as, you know, 50 to 100 students sometimes. And they, some of them might be listening. Some of them might want to sit in the corner and make a paper, a paper airplane, for example. <laughs> well, yeah. And then you, but you, <laughs> and I'm guilty of that. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm no, I'm no angel. Believe me. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, but you know, there is that. There, you can always guarantee that there is going to be at least one person in that audience that is resonated with the messages and, and wants to take away something. And if I know that I have, even out of 100 students, I've changed one life, that's another life changed. Mm. And there are so many underprivileged kids out there who don't have that support function. You know, I'm very blessed. I've got a great set of female role models in my family who have reached, you know, director level or, you know, even higher, head of, you know. And I love all that. You know, I look up to them and I think, God, you know, I want to be like that. And you know, my father, unfortunately, he passed away uh, 10 years ago. But the legacy he left behind for me was simply work hard. His ethic was work hard, be something big. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I, I just I have that embedded in me. You know, it's the blood flowing through my veins. But mm-hmm. you've got to just know that there is no limit. You know, it's not, oh, I've got to a senior position. Now I want to stop there. It's let's go higher. Let's go higher. I have a young daughter and I want her to be just as passionate and just as strong. And... I don't want to have to tell her this. I want to be able to show her it. And I think it's much more important for a younger child to to watch you become something and then want to mimic that uh, rather than you sitting in a room lecturing and telling them, you must do this, you must do that, because it's not going to register with them. They go by what they see. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and it's about what they see. And and like that's, you know, like as as a parent myself, but even even just thinking and stepping back from that, you know, the, the youth of today, whether it be the, the you know the kids you're working with, Renu, in um, you know, and working options at a girl networks, or even our own kids, you know, they're always looking at us, and and I, I think that's a very powerful motivator as well. And whatever we do, 
if we can sort of picture that mm. there's younger people around us, um, they don't have to be yeah. smallies. They can be, you know, teenagers or even, you know, the the generations coming up long. They're they're looking at us and what what uh, role, you know, how are we being perceived? You know, what are we modeling for yeah. them into the future? They are the future. Yeah. So let's you know, let's leave a, a positive legacy by by um, I suppose giving a very good impression of of what what the right way to live is or or a good way to live not necessarily the right way but a good way or or bringing the best out in others so um so Rana, really appreciate you you going through your your experiences there and you know you've been giving us great advice i mean what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received best bit of advice i've ever received is always remain humble you know we've talked a lot about you know successes we've talked a lot about good you know the positive points about careers and you know getting to the you know breaking the glass ceiling but at the end of all of this you have to remember that we all came from the same schooling, the same kind of learning your ABC, learning your one, two, three, learning your timetable. No one is better than anyone. And everybody has to understand that we are yes. all deserving of mutual respect. And um, let's, let's be happy for each other. You know, if one is more successful than the other, let's, let's celebrate it. Let's celebrate everyone's success. Let's, you know, learn from each other, bounce off each other and work together to be better. You know, let's be better together, essentially. So I definitely would say always remain humble um, and always remember where you came from, how hard you worked to get there and celebrate everyone's success because it'll be a far better place if we did. Yeah, great advice. Um, Again, I'm not going to go into to my own side, but you just what you sort of said resonated a lot with me, and I think um, that's a great way of actually, uh, I don't know, just 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 getting the you know, the win wins again, you know, uh, Renu. So, uh, yeah. so thank no, so, no, thank you. That, that's for sharing such great advice. And I suppose from an audience perspective, would there be any resources that uh, that you recommend your audience go check out? Any documentaries, websites, or books? Absolutely. So in terms of books, um, I definitely recommend a book called The Secret, which is my go-to when we all have our periods of low. I definitely turned to that book a lot when my father died. It was a very difficult time for me and my family. It was all very sudden and very, very emotional for all of us. So that book uh, really, really allows you to just channel your mind. You know, your mind can be your biggest enemy or it could be your best friend. And um, that book really allows you to just put things into perspective and really understand the power of your mind. It's the most powerful, powerful thing in the world. And I think a lot of people don't realize just how powerful the mind is. So that book is it's all about power positive thinking and, you know, kind of focusing on the things you want rather than focusing on the things you don't want and then attracting it from, you know, the universe through the law of attraction. So definitely a book I would recommend there. In terms of documentaries, oh, you're going to laugh probably, but let's be honest, it's all about an honest conversation, Andrew, isn't it? Um <laughs> I love I love the whole kind of blue planet and uh, yeah yeah um, no, I'm a fan yeah, myself I love all yeah, that. yeah 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 I think they, they came out well, about 13 14 yeah. 15 years ago I loved them ever since <laughs> yeah no yeah love it yeah great call out no, and that's actually it's, it's a great disconnect honestly, as well you know it's just amazing nature definitely. so uh, no no and uh, yeah no definitely yeah, it's so a great great uh, documentary one that I find very therapeutic and actually you learn a lot about the outside of finance and kind of work world <laughs> yeah no actually i could i could uh, juxtaposition i think it is all right no good good call outs and um i suppose look should our audience wish to continue the conversation ranu um where's the best place to connect with you at linkedin as always so yeah you can find me under Renu sharma on linkedin yeah any 
any kind of advice needed or career questions or anything like that, I'm always open. Awesome. Th- th- thanks, Randy. And look, um, I'll, I'll put links to those in the show notes as well as with links for, for working options on the Girls Network too. And that I, would be great. Yeah, yeah, the more mentors and volunteers we get, the better. Yeah, and and there here there you hear it, folks. You know, if if it's in your area, definitely definitely you know check in with uh, Ranu or or check it out yourself. The you know highly highly recommend getting involved, particularly with the, the youth of tomorrow too. So uh, so Ranu, you know, we've had a, an amazing sort of journey on this call, on this podcast. <laughs> it's you know from your your starting out in business partnering, how to how to make a a success of it, also how to sort of when things aren't going well, where, where to turn, and also introduced it to a couple of fantastic areas you're supporting our communities in as well. Um, would you have maybe any other parting thoughts for our audience? Whatever you choose to do, just be happy. Yeah, just wake up in the morning, be happy with what you do, and count your blessings. And we all don't, we, we don't know how long we have, so let's just make the most of the time we do have. What a, what a great way to end it. So, so Ranu, thank you so much for coming on our show today, investing time with us and being such a great guest mentor. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks all. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show. If you'd like to know more about our guests today, their bio, and follow up on the resources mentioned during the show, you can find all the relevant links and more at sitnshow.com. There you'll also be able to get access to earlier shows, read the latest blogs. There's also an opportunity to subscribe to our newsletter, which will give you heads up as to when the next show is coming out, latest events, news, and anything that's going to be relevant to help you have a fun, rewarding, and successful career in finance and accounting. And just before you go, we really appreciate your feedback. If there's something we can do better on the show, something that's not working, or something you'd like to see, even a guest you'd like for us to invite onto the show, someone who you think might be able to benefit you more and also the rest of our community, please let me know. You can email me. I'm at andrew at sitnshow.com or feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Just drop me a message so I know how you found me and we can connect. And really it's our community that will make the show. If we keep engaging and driving each other on, we'll keep on building our strength in the numbers. When all is said and done, if we can do the numbers better and finance better, we'll create more opportunities for ourselves, our friends, our families, our communities and our businesses. So until next time, have a good rest of the week. Take care and let's keep building our strength in the numbers.